Hello everybody and welcome back to Girl Tell Me Why. I am your host, Tana V, and with it being the week before Valentine's Day, I just wanted to dedicate this episode to making somebody fall in love with you between now and next week. You still have time. You still have time, even if that person that you fall in love with is yourself. <laughs> Man, boo, tomato, 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 I'm throwing tomatoes. But anyway, no, for real. I wanted to talk this week about dating, dating apps, some of my dating debaucheries, debacles. And um, I don't know. Let's just chat. Let's just chat and see how it goes, right? So, um, you know, I have a decent, I've spent a decent amount of my dating history has been online. Um, I, in high school, no boys were ever interested in me until after college. <laughs> so middle school, middle school, I don't think guys are really interested in me. I think I was just there. High school, men would not even look my way. And I was not even really like, I didn't consider myself desirable. So I didn't even think about dating in that way. And um, in high school, I had such good friends and I had such a good friend group that I didn't really care much about dating. Um, so when I first started dating, with intention it was in college um and also that's when i was more active online and so with being online more people were attracted to me for the things that i said on twitter because i was funny i mean of course they could see my pictures but like they were interacting with the things that i said so that kind of attention was new to me and i enjoyed it and i felt like i had a little bit more autonomy and control when it came to dating online because i could look at the person i could decide when i wanted to talk to them i could have time to to formulate what i wanted to say um and so you know it's only been in the last few months that men have approached me in person um which is nice it's always nice um and i attribute this to a few things um i've been doing a lot of work on myself in regard to dating in regard to just everything and i think one that i'm just getting finer with time <laughs> i'm getting finer with time because i'm becoming more confident and i think that when you are cool with yourself that energy radiates when you're in in out and the people that are interested in you will come and talk to you um and two i'm going out to places in general <laughs> i'm spending less time online and actually going places and who would have thunk you know um the last few times i went out dudes have approached me i've actually thought they were cute and we chatted but i will say um i don't know if i can say that like the the caliber of men that I meet while I'm out versus the caliber of men that I meet online. I don't, I don't know if one is better than the other, to be quite honest with you, because, um, it's so funny because like, I think one of the first times a man approached me in person was maybe a year, year or two ago. And it was in the Walgreens and I was, uh, walking through the Walgreens and this man was just like, Oh my gosh, like you're so beautiful. And it was just like one of those like moments that you're wait waiting for, right? Where a man that you think is relatively attractive contacts you and hits you up and tells you you're beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, he's like, I'll wait until you're done checking out, shopping, whatever we could talk. I was like, oh, I guess. So I talked to him outside of the Walgreens and he's just like, Oh, well, like I'm a salesman and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool, we exchange numbers. Ciao. By the time I get home, this man has sent me pictures of his appendages and tells me that he's from somewhere. He, he definitely had a, a wife and, and children at home. It was just like, what? So I could have met you on Twitter. Like, why did I waste my time? So anyway, so I was like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of stigma around dating online. But girl, the men that you meet out, I don't know. I don't think they look much better. I like meeting people online. But it, like an app or like even IG or Twitter because it gives me like the time to talk to them and establish if there's banter. Like that's very important to me to know that like when I'm talking to you, it bounces. We bounce back and forth. It's easy. Like you can catch my jokes. You can keep up with the different topics that we're talking about. And you're also interesting to me, right? And so sometimes I find that when I skip that part of like establishing banter, those relationships don't last because no matter how nice you are, if you're not able to keep up with my mind, then it's just not going to work for me. Right. So I don't know. I feel like, uh, it's just, 
don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But let me tell you, like, okay. So let me tell you a story about the first man that I ever met online. <laughs> My first instance of stranger danger. All right. So <clears throat> get you a drink, get you a drink, sit down, get cozy and listen to the story. And please don't laugh at me. Okay. I've grown. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at myself enough. Also, side note, I, man, this is so embarrassing. So I went out the other night and we were drinking whatever (laughs) and we ended up getting cigars. I don't know who I think I am. Like I feel so so classy when I have a cigar and like a good drink. (laughs) So, oh my God. So I finish, we we do a cigars or whatever. (sighs) The night continues shouldn't have but it did and the next day I was so sick I was so sick and it was just like what the hell I thought I had alcohol poisoning I was like oh my I don't even think I drank that much so I was like child was that poison like I I drive home and by the time I get home I open my car door I throw up I'm so sorry to everyone listening but I throw up and I literally could not eat or drink anything for like 24 hours so as a result, I now feel better, but I've got this cute little like um, raspy voice. So we're just going to work with it. I, I like it. So we'll just go with it. Okay. So anyway, that's why my voice sounds like this. Um, but anyway, let me tell you the story of the first man that I met online. So the year is, um, I believe it was 2016. I believe it was 2016. I am, you know what? No, it wasn't. It was 2015. I'm a freshman in college. And I meet this guy, I start talking to this dude on Twitter, and I think he is just so handsome. Um, And let's call him Jay, we'll call him Jay. All right, so I think Jay is just so handsome, and like we're texting and calling, and and, you know, things are cool, whatever. He lives in Woodbridge, of course. (laughs) So we plan to like meet up, and he's like, oh, well, like there's a party going on on campus. So I'm just like, cool, like, why don't you come up um, for the party? You could stay with me in my dorm, blah, blah, blah. We're planning. It's so exciting. The day comes and I am so excited. Like I asked my roommate for the room and I'm like, look, I need the room because I thought, you know, this was the night that your girl was going to become a woman. I was like, okay, men finally like me. I'm about to become a woman. And little did I know I was going to become a woman. But the lesson that I learned was that niggas ain't shit. That was, so, I mean, in essence, yes, I did become a woman, but I learned um, not in the way that I thought. So anyway, so boom, the guy shows up, Jay shows up, we meet up. I think there was like a probate or something. We go to the probate, we eat on campus. I get ready for the party. Everything's cool. We go to the party and (laughs) we used to go to this little place called Elk Lodge. You know what I'm saying? I think it's called Elk Lodge. And it was like a little event venue where we would go and have parties and stuff, right? So we went to Elk Lodge and I think it was like an all white party, okay? And we was just up in the lodge, like we was just doing it like, you know, for the 99, 2000s, okay? Like we were so lit in there. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so it, the the event itself was nice. Like I got a great picture of me and my girlfriends from that night. Like I thought we had a great night. Okay, boo bitch. After that night, that that evening. Okay, so the night ends. I think the party is like maybe till one thirty, something like that. We get back to the dorm from the party, and I'm thinking that like he and I, I guess are gonna spend some time together. Blase blah, blah. Like we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna spend time together, right? So he tells me. We get back and I'm like, okay, let me take a shower. Like, let me get my, myself back together after the party. He's like, cool, I'm gonna go run an errand. So he's like, I, I'm, I'm gonna go run an errand or he says he's going to his car or something like that. Ciao, I take my shower, I get dressed. I'm like, hold on, it's been like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Bitch, I get on Snapchat. I get on Snapchat, girl, tell me why. This nigga is at, a, is at somebody else's house. I, I, click, I click on a girl's story. That goes to that that is also on campus, and he is in their dorm with another. I, when I tell you, I was just I I literally wanted to jump out of my <laughs> I literally wanted to jump out of the window. What the hell? I was just like, No, you did not tell me that you're gonna go run errands and then you go to another girl's dorm after I'm hosting you. Are you crazy, dog? 
Anyway, I was, I was livid. I text him. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't come back. <laughs> I was so upset. And I think uh, eventually maybe I let him come back, but I made him sleep on the floor. Cause I was like, you're not sleeping in my bed. <laughs> like you got me fucked up. Oh my goodness gracious. So that morning I'm like, look, we, I think we had breakfast and I'm just like, look, you can go. Like I'm good. And I don't remember what his excuse was. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because why would you do that? <laughs> and even if you're going to go see somebody else, like see, say they're just friends, you should tell me that because what the hell? Um, so anyway, I was just like, I was so embarrassed and I was so upset and I really liked him and I had had a good time. So I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't know why this, why this happened. Right. So anyway, he leaves and then fast forward, like maybe a week or two later, he's apologizing and he's so upset because I actually cut him off. You know what I'm saying? Like, accountability is a big word for Elmo. Okay. Men do not know what to do. And you're like, you put your foot down and then you keep it down. You're like, I told you what it was. And then you tested it. And now it is what it is. They don't be getting it. So I don't know. Anyway. So like I was done. I told him I'm good. I'm not even mad about it anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm good. So like fast forward, let me set the scene again. Say it's a week or two later. I'm chilling in my dorm. You know what I'm saying? I remember, I don't, I think I had really felt bad about this. So I had done my hair and like, I remember I was so cute. Like I had my hair in these little buns and I'm chilling in my dorm. And all of a sudden I hear a knock on my door in my dorm. And I'm like, what was that? And so I go and I open the door. I look forward. There's nobody in the floor. I turn to my right. Why is he standing there? Why is he standing there? When I tell you my heart sunk into my, my stomach, like, why are you here? Oh, it was so, like, that was probably this, that was the scariest thing that probably had ever happened to me in my entire life at that point. Um, oh my gosh, it was so scary. And I was just like, you need to leave. You need to leave. <laughs> you need to leave. And, um, dude, I don't remember how I got him to leave, but he finally left and I told my girlfriends about it. And I remember maybe another week or two later, he was back on campus. And it, I had to tell my girlfriends, like, dude, this dude is again back on campus. And they, <laughs> shout out to my girlfriends, okay, that I had at JMU. We don't even really talk like that anymore. And it was the girls that I was cool with my freshman year. But honestly, they looked out and I appreciate them. And um, they, I remember them literally being on guard. They was like the royal guard child, making sure that man didn't come back to my apartment and or to my door. And um, yeah, after that, I think he he ended up, I think I blocked him. And I was just like, if you come back here, I'm literally going to call the police. Like, do not talk to me again. And so I blocked him. And I think then I, I don't know, I graduated. I, you know, I, I, the summer came and I moved on. Okay. So... Honestly, like I, I am not <laughs> crazy enough. I wasn't always this kind of person. Like I've always had an exterior of being very like sure of myself and confident and poised, I would say. But on the inside, like I was so shy and so naive my first, my freshman year, um, really my freshman and sophomore year, I was so naive and I was so insecure about everything. And I had never had men be interested in me before. So I really didn't know how to handle it, you know, handle a situation like that. Um, if you ask me now what I would do, I would have shot both of these niggas. Like I would have shot them. Like, why are you showing up to my house? Oh my God. I should have tased them. Why are you outside my door? Oh, my word, my word, my word. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, when I think about it, it's really sad because, um, you know, this, it happened again with another man, the second person that I was with, um, second person I was with. And, uh, like, I wouldn't call him my boyfriend, but like my first, like real serious thing, like the dude that anyway, I lost my virginity to all that, whatever. He did the same thing. He showed up to my school multiple times after I told him to stop bothering me. And it was just, it's just such a blatant disregard for boundaries. And it's like, they knew that I was too timid and shy to really stand up for myself. So they figured they would bully their way into my life again. And, um, I am proud of myself for 
it took longer than it needed to, but I always, I have no problem let somebody go. If you hurt my feelings, if you make me feel uncomfortable, if you are hurting me, then you do not need to be here. So I did learn that. Um, but you know, it's just, I, I find that, you know, learning how to stand up for myself also ties into just dating as a people pleaser. And, um, you know, being a people pleaser in general is tough. You know, we want to make people feel better, but I think people pleasing at its core is putting other people's feelings and needs above your own in a detrimental sense that I'm willing to sacrifice my peace, my boundaries, my standards so that you, you are comfortable. And, um, we really should not have to compromise that our values, our comfort, our peace, just to make somebody else feel comfortable. And the people that love us are okay with sitting with feeling with discomfort. You should feel uncomfortable if you uh, disrespect my boundaries. You should. But as a person that loves me or a person that is close to me, you should also be able to um, come back from that. So I find that like, as I've, as I've grown, and this has been a very common theme that I really don't like to make other people uncomfortable. I don't want to say something that's going to make somebody yell at me or fight me or, you know, I'm always trying to prevent that from happening. It's never, I've never been in that situation, but like something in me is just really trying to protect myself from saying the wrong thing and like saying something to someone that's going to be dire. Right. Um, and so, I found that like, I I really didn't like to deny men outright or be mean or like really put my foot down because I don't know, sometimes people don't take a no for an answer. And I was really worried. Um, And I found myself in situations that I did not want to be in. Like I didn't want to be in it. And I, I found myself going along with things that I did not really want to go along with just so I wouldn't like rock the boat. And I definitely recognize this from a learned, as a learned behavior from my childhood um, and just growing up around people who are a bit volatile in their emotions and really trying to be the, the, the peacemaker and the moderator um, is a skill. But I found that as I've become a woman, that it's not a small quirk. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a dangerous, dangerous coping mechanism when it comes to dating. Um, and I, if you don't take anything else away, if you're somebody who, who is a people pleaser in any aspect of your life, you really need to look at that aspect when it comes to dating and what kind of things you're doing because you don't want to make someone uncomfortable. And that is not what relationships are about. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, we get into this place where we are just always trying to make people feel okay. And then you have buried all of the things that you want. Um, and, you know, I feel like, between the people pleasing right that you get from either your childhood or your family society also makes us society breeds people pleasers like we want other people to accept us we want what we're doing to be approved of and so we have a lot of voices whether it be the men whether it be the feminine coaches whether it be whatever who are saying that we as women have too many standards and we're asking for too much and I really feel like this is this means like y'all are making it too hard for us to manipulate and take advantage of you <laughs> like they're like why are y'all making it so hard for me to manipulate you and it's just like uh because I'm sticking up for myself like just because you're stating your boundaries and they don't like it Oh, well, (laughs) oh, well. So, um, like I said, you know, accountability is a big thing. And I think, you know, we're still, I'm, I'm still learning for sure. You know, I want to, especially when I do like someone, I want to make sure that what I'm doing makes them feel good, but that's not what a relationship is about. (laughs) And if you're doing that, that person is not meeting the real you. They are just meeting the person that you created. So I found that like, and that goes both ways, right? Like I found that (laughs) two months is about my um, relationship uh, timeline, you know, my lifespan for relationships, about two, three months, you know? Um, And I feel like that timeline is consistent with how long you can keep up a ruse, you know? How long you can 
pretend to be somebody, be something, be the person that that person needs you to be. And then after about two, three months, you start to become the person that you are. And that might not be that different, but it's just, it might be, um, it might be just how you see the world, might be how you actually see yourself, the person that you present to them and the person that you actually see yourself as might be different. And that matters in how we ask people to look at us, how we treat others and um, how we expect others to treat us. So anyway, I found in the last few years that I've been thinking of dating as a skill that I have to develop. (laughs) It's something that I am not just gonna, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe, but it's not like we're gonna just go on one date and it's gonna be perfect and that's it, you get married and that's it, you know? Especially as an introvert, like, I've used, you know, Hinge, I've used Tinder, and I've used, yes, I've used Facebook dating as well. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I found that, like, I've enjoyed, I've gone out on, on quite a few dates with people. Sometimes it's only one date, sometimes it's two. Sometimes we get to dating for a few weeks and it ends. But I, what I've been telling my girlfriends is like, even if you're maybe not totally sure, a first date, you know, if, if you feel like you kind of want to meet them, but you're scared, being scared for no real reason. Like sometimes I'm about to go into it, but sometimes like we have apprehensions that are just because we're nervous about meeting somebody new or we're nervous about just, you know, messing up on their date or whatever. Those aren't good reasons to not go out. I think that the worst, well, there there are worse things that can happen, but let's say, in a PG sense, right? The worst that's going to happen is you have a bad date story that you could share with your friends, you know? And that's how you learn. That's how you learn what you do like, what you don't like. How do you know that you don't like when a man um, slurps his soup with a soup spoon um, at the restaurant until y'all go? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you need, you need time, time for those things. Um, And so, you know, I found a few things that I've learned just from dating online. Um, The one thing that I have tried to make sure of is that if I have to think too long about swiping left or right, then it's a no. That I have to trust my gut when it comes to discernment. And, um, you know, sometimes you either see somebody or you see them say something on their page and you're like, hmm. (laughs) And nine out of 10, I have not enjoyed, like I have not um, been grateful that I overlooked my gut feeling about something or somebody. Um, now I think it is fair for us to look at our beauty standards and what we, you know, what we find is beautiful, what we're looking for in a man, and then kind of adjusting that for reality. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it is important that the person that you're dating is attractive to you. It is important. Um, maybe you need to look at what you find attractive. And I think there's nothing wrong with expanding what you find attractive, but please, you don't have to date nobody who you don't find attractive. I think everybody is attractive to somebody. And so there are people who are going to like it. I had to learn that not everybody is going to think I'm pretty, but some people will think I'm beautiful. Some people will think I'm ugly and most people won't care. (laughs) And it's just kind of moving forward with that. And two, I think in in online dating, using the apps is you need to decide what your standards and your boundaries are and then stick with them. And you don't have to adjust your boundaries for anything. I think it's important to say like (laughs) wanting a man who has a job and a house and a stable income and is kind to you and doesn't have a bunch of children is not asking too much to ask. It's not, it's not too much to ask. Um, and ladies, I swear they love to make us feel like we asking for like way too much. And I guess men too, right? Like they like to make us feel like we're asking for too much, but you're not (laughs) like, if you want the basics and the things I listed are basics, like me wanting someone who has a job is important. Now, the thing to remember is that, um, that person might not always have that job. They might not always work there. They might decide to do something totally different. And so it's really important to date somebody based off of who they are as a person. And a lot of that is like, instead of looking for specifics, like the amount of money they're making or like the exact job title they have to look for characteristics of their personality. Are you somebody who is 
entrepreneurial? Are you somebody who pushes forward? Are you somebody who is smart and intelligent and and has passions? Those are the things that are going to show you a long term of if it's a viable partner for you. And um, I also said something about uh, men with kids. Now, this is not a knock on men with kids. It's great that you are taking care of your children and I understand that things happen. However, however, I have noticed, I now I am 26 and I do acknowledge that my dating age right now is about 27 to 35, right? And I acknowledge that most of those men, a lot of those men are gonna have kids just because of the age range. But some of me that I, I, I personally don't, I, I, a lot of it has a lot less to do with the child itself, but like more to do with your relationship with the baby mother and how old the child is and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, personally at this age, I don't want to purposefully date somebody with kids. Um, but if I met somebody organically and, you know, they're very special and I find out that they have kids, I guess after I've met them, let's say I meet somebody at the mall or whatever, I don't know. And then we hit it off and we go out to lunch or something and they have a child. <sighs> Again, you got to be pretty damn special at this, at this point, you know, check back in when I'm 35 and I'm sure I'll feel differently. But for now, 26, I don't, I would prefer not to. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting somebody who matches your lifestyle or matches the lifestyle that you're aspiring to. Um, and so this leads me to discuss um, sugar daddies. <laughs> I now want to talk about sugar daddies because um, Houston is the land of the sugar daddies. Houston is, you can find you a sugar daddy in Houston, probably Dallas too, maybe just Texas in general. Um, and I have theories as to why the Texas men um, be sugar daddies, but I, I, I'll share them later. But, um, you know, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't realize how prevalent it was. And I didn't know that, like, a man with a big-ass running wing on his hand will approach you like it's nothing, nothing. You're just like, uh, what is that? And they're like, what about it? Wait, like, what? And all I can think is, like, your wife is at home watching her stories, chilling, minding her business. And you're out here being wild, like, Anyway, so I have, I have friends, I know women who date older men for their money. And, um, you know, I think that, I, I think a lot of older men who date, like who are sugar daddies understand what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like they know that you're young and you want money and they're older and they want a young woman. Right. But here's my thing about dating Steve Harvey's, right? The thing about dating Steve Harvey's for their money is that, okay, yes, you are young and you're fine, but you have to understand that these men are from a different generation. Um, they see women differently and they're going to expect certain things from you. And, um, you have to be okay with sacrificing something if you want your bills paid by an older man. And anybody who tells you that you don't have to sacrifice anything is lying to you. They're lying to you. You have to sacrifice something. Because if you're not sacrificing your body, as in if you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to have sex with them. Okay, fine. You're not going to have sex with them. Great. But you are going to be sacrificing something in your time and your spirit listening to his dumbass Steve Harvey ass ideas. Okay? You're going to have to sit there. You're going to have to listen to him. You're going to have to, he's going to be talking about whatever. You have to pretend like you care about it. And, um... God forbid you don't find him attractive. So all of these things you need to kind of put into perspective. Um, you might have to adjust what you think is really fine to you. You might have to adjust what you're willing to put up with. You might have to buy you some earplugs. I don't know. But um, personally, I just, I don't know. You know, uh, I also wonder like about men. You got to think like a man in 50s, 60s, 70s looking for a 20 year old woman. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's odd because I have, I have talked to older guys, right? I've talked to men. I've met them before, right? While I'm out, they might be 40, 50, right? 60, whatever. And the crazy thing is that like, they'll talk to you like you're their daughter or a mentor, but then they also want to flirt with you. And it's just like, ew. <laughs> 
it's just like ew like I don't I don't know like they do this thing where like they flirt with you and they want to be sexy but then they also like want you to listen to them they want you to take their advice and they want you to like learn from them and that's just kind of weird to me like join boys and girls club (laughs) please please leave us alone (laughs) so anyway I've given I've given it a shot um, but unless it's somebody that I'm actually in love with, I mean, the thing is like, if I met a man and I don't know, he was 50 and he was beautiful and he had older kids and we fell in love, I would be cool with that. I could, I could live with that. But I'm saying that like their money, their mentorship is not enough to like get married and spend the rest of your life with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, oof. What I've learned in dating is like, imagine, imagine that you get with a dude and he's there your whole life and you come home he comes home from work you come home from work and he's just there ew and like he he comes home from the grocery store you just like oh my god you're just here you know Ugh. Ugh. some of you don't like it would feel like a prison it would feel like a prison you know so <sighs> I don't know like in my in my recent years of dating I've dated a lot of first husbands to me. I call it, I, I call them first husbands, right? As in they're nice men. They're great catches. You know, they're, they're genuine. They're, they're, they take initiative. They'll take me out on dates. They're, they're, they technically did everything right, you know, but and yet, yet it just was not enough for me. Um, and in a lot of ways, it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like, am I the drama? And, um, some way, in some ways, yes. <laughs> In some ways, yes, I am the drama, but I mean, then when it comes to matters of the heart, sometimes you gotta be the drama. You gotta think, look out, look out for yourself. And it's like, when I think about marriage, like I, I don't think about marriage as like a five-year thing or like a 10-year thing. I think about it in terms of like my parents, they have been married for 40 years now. They're in their seventies and I'm watching them take care of each other. I'm watching them in, you know, through health and all types of shit. And I'm just like, I look at people now, like, would you clip my toenails for me when I'm 70? Would I, would I want to rub your nasty back? Would I want to give you a, a sponge bath? You know what I'm saying? When you're 85, those are the important questions. Who is going to be in the home with you? Who is going to rub your feet and put your shoe, put your slippers on for you? That's the person that you need in your life. I was talking to my auntie. She said, she said she burned her foot and her foot was all nasty and burned and all this shit. And her husband was wrapping it up and he didn't even care about anything. Didn't care about cleaning it or, or anything. (laughs) okay you need someone who loves you that much and is not going to see you any differently for being a person and um I don't know it just when I when I really looked at my parents marriage and I thought about what love really is and what I want um I was just kind of like I would rather be alone than settle for somebody who I don't think is the right person for me um, you know, in terms of like first husbands, right? Like I've, I've, I'll, I'll say maybe two, I can think of two, but it's like, I can see us getting married. I can see us maybe even having a child, but like, I can see by the time I'm like 45 that I'm bored, that I'm bored by it. And that's important. <laughs> and that's serious. Like you need someone who you can sit down and talk with and you're not tired of. Um, and I think it's fair that when you realize that that's not the case, to break things off. And maybe you find each other later in life and who knows. But um one thing about me, I don't I, I don't want I don't wanna have to break a thing off, but I don't mind. Like if I don't think it's going somewhere, I I will tell you it's not going anywhere, babe. I'm so sorry. So um, you know, I want somebody who makes me feel like alive, who makes me feel excited when we're talking, who I can talk about anything with. And for me, I found that that doesn't develop. It's just something that is or isn't. And sometimes I'll give people chances who I think are very sweet and we can talk, but I also acknowledge that I can talk to anybody. I can have a good date with just about anybody because I know what to say and I know how to just kind of toe the line so that you're comfortable and I'm comfortable, but we don't really get much farther than that. <laughs> um, and I realized that like, that's not what I want in a long-term relationship. Like I want somebody who makes my heart sing, who, who really touches those important things and my values. 
Um, and I'm learning that in order to find that, I have to really be firm on like what my, fa- my values and my boundaries are. Um, so anyway, I just, with that, like, I found that in growing up, like I, as somebody who is adopted and I feel like maybe people who are like foster children or anyone who had kind of an unstable home can relate, um, growing up, all I wanted was to be a wife and a mom. All I wanted set from being a child, like being like five years old was to be a mom and have a fam, have a baby who looked like me. Um, you know, up until recently, I didn't have any family members who looked like me. Um, so it was really important to me to have a family on my own. Um, and so having so many failed relationships and being like, feeling like I've been kind of abused and tossed around in the last years, maybe last like three years, I just kind of was like, you know what? I'm not going to meet anybody. I'm not going, I don't want to have children. I don't want to get married. It's not worth it to have that dream. And I've kind of, and so that caused me to kind of move in a very cold way, a way that I was just like, so I'm not going to give anybody to anything to anybody because y'all don't deserve it from me. And that doesn't really make me feel very fulfilled either. Um, so I am now kind of feeling like, like I said, kind of figuring out what my values are, what really I would want. And honestly, I would, if I got to the point where like I was old enough and self-sufficient enough, I would probably just like either get, uh, have like a donor or adopt a child of my own because I don't want to just be stuck with a man just because I want a child. I don't think we need to do that anymore. It's 2023. You know what I'm saying? Um, although although, like, I don't want to have to do that. I would love to have a family and like a marriage and, and all that stuff. But anyway, I feel like, um, you know, I, this was the first time this year was the first time that I actually had to break up with somebody. Um, usually things just kind of like fizzle out. <laughs> usually I just kind of let either you get like in a weird argument and it just kind of fizzles out or like, I don't know. But like, this was the first time that I had to sit somebody down and say, I don't feel a spark and I don't think that we are going to be together. Don't think that we're going to, that we should be together. And the thing is that I had been feeling kind of unfulfilled, but I acknowledge that he was a really good guy (laughs) and he still is a good guy. Um, I actually saw he got a girlfriend now. Shout out to him. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm honestly really happy for him because I, I, my plan was like, oh, well, I'm going to like give it a few more months to see if my feelings change. But I realized like, that's not fair to him. That's not fair to me. And that's not fair to him. Um, because the thing, I don't think you develop a spark for somebody. I think you have it or you don't. And if that's what you're looking for, I don't think everyone needs a spark. I think some people are perfectly fine having a partner they don't have a spark for. And it's just a partner. Like it's just someone you go through life with. And I think that's totally fine. But if you're looking for a spark, I think you'll always be chasing it if you don't have it. Um, and, you know, I, I it was really difficult um, to break up with them because, I, <laughs> I literally, I had to sit, sit down and look them in the eye and tell them that it's not anything that you did wrong. It's not like you were a bad guy. It's not like you cheated or you were mean to me. That person, he was probably one of the only people I dated who never hurt my feelings. Um, but it was necessary. I needed to do it. And I'm, I'm glad I did. And I'm, I'm glad I did for me. And I'm glad I did for him that he could go on and find the right person for him. Um, so it was really hard though. I felt like a total asshole. Um, and in a way I was like, I was an asshole. I, I did hurt his feelings and I'm realizing that, you know, I've always really tried not to be called selfish. It's always been really important to me to think of other people and put other people's needs above my own. And as a people pleaser, right? Like calling a people pleaser selfish is probably one of the most hurtful things you can do. And growing up, I had people call me selfish. Really, it was not fair because I was child one. Um, but people would call me selfish. And I realized that, you know what? It's okay to be selfish sometimes. And it is okay to be selfish and acknowledge that you're going to be the asshole in somebody's story. And you can, both of those things can be true. Like you can be an asshole to those that person and you can be sorry that you've hurt their feelings and that in their story and their narrative, you are an asshole and that's okay. <laughs> but you also can acknowledge that in the long game of things that 
It's important that we be selfish and we prioritize ourselves, especially in the matter of the heart. It doesn't benefit anybody to hold on to something, hold on to a relationship that's not going anywhere. So, um, you know, I don't know. That's really it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But like I, in, in kind of wrapping up and wrapping up the, uh, pod for, for it to take a break in a minute. I am just really grateful for the experiences that I've had. You know, I think that the more I date, the more I learn about myself, the more I learn about my standards, and the more I learn about what I need and want in a relationship. And it's helping me understand what kind of people I want to be with and what kind of people I might want to explore. And also showing me that my typical type and the kinds of people that I go for might not be really what I need and might just be a projection of something I'm trying to heal on the inside. So sometimes what's normal to us isn't what's right. I think a lot of the time we try to like say, well, this is what's norm. This is my type. And instead we should look at like, why is this my type? What am I looking for from this? Like, for example, for a long time, I really only dated or really wanted to date like really big football, muscly, big ass dudes. Right. And I didn't want to be with anybody like like skinny or like, no, I'm not going to say short, but like, you know, under five, eight, I don't know, under five, nine. And I kind of recognize that that stems from me wanting to feel protected from me feeling unsafe and wanting to be with somebody who in my brain can protect me. And in reality, a lot of those men, those big men were babies and they could not protect me emotionally, physically, mentally, otherwise. And I had to learn that like what I'm looking for in a person, somebody, I can find a protector. I can find someone strong and someone who's going to advocate for me. But I need to understand that that's not going to come packaged in the way that my mind has conditioned me to look for it. So when I talked earlier about adjusting our beauty standards, adjusting what we're looking for in our partners, it's more so like, what are the values and personality traits that I love in a person? And a lot of the time, focusing on those make a person more attractive to you. Um, And I just think that can make us, just looking at things in that way can make us accept other people more and accept ourselves more. And the key to being successful in dating, I think, is to really like learn and know yourself and figure out what you want, what you don't want, what you're willing to put up with and think of dating and relationships in terms of marriage for the long game, for the long game. Like if you want a partner, like someone who's there for you when you're old, when you're sick, when you're going through things that you really need somebody like that's. Those are the real, real, real questions. Um, So I don't know. My hope is that I'm kind of like giving it up. I'm giving it up to God at this point. Like I think if I meet somebody, great. If I don't, great. The goal right now is to be content with like who I am as a person um, and enjoy dating. Like you don't have to just date people that you think you're going to get married to. Or you can date someone that like, maybe, you know, maybe you could maybe see a future, but you don't know until you go out with them. So my Valentine's Day advice is to let, let him take you out on a date, y'all. <laughs> let him take you out on a date, but, but remember your boundaries and do not let them push your boundaries. Just because they take you out on a date, just because they buy you drinks does not mean, does not mean that they are entitled to your body in any way. In any way, and I don't really want to have a conversation about consent, but a lot of y'all men need to have a, a lot of y'all men need to learn. <laughs> a lot of y'all men need to not just look up the definition, but I don't know. I don't know. Some of y'all men need to learn what consent is in a lot of different ways and understand that you're not going to start a relationship off well, manipulating and taking advantage of people. That's not going to end up in a good relationship for you. You'll get what you want in the short term, but it's really, I mean, it's just really short-term thinking. So anyway, I'm going to take a very, very short break and then I'm going to come back with Girl Tell Me Why and we're going to wrap up the show. And we're back. (laughs) All right, welcome back. 
to our segment that we love so fondly called Girl Tell Me Why. And I'm going to make this quick because I realize I've been talking way longer than I intended to. Um, but I'm glad we could talk about it. I really wanted to talk about this and I feel like it's really important. And I hope it makes sense when I listen back to it and it's not just a long ramble. But I did actually write out notes and write out somewhat of a script this time. So what do you think? Do you think this was better than the first one? Do you think it was too long? I don't know. But anyway, let's start. Girl, tell me why. So girl, tell me why. Um, Girl, tell me why. I went out with this dude, right? He asked me out on a date. And... I have this thing where like I'm I don't want to say I'm testing people, but I like to let the man lead to see what kind of leader, what kind of man he is, you know. So for me, like I want a man to pick a date that is close to where I live. So I would tell them like, oh, I live in this part of town. I like you to pick something that's close to me. That's being thoughtful. That shows me that you're a thoughtful person. I want the man to decide where we're going and tell me the place, date, and time. I think that's a very simple ask. That shows me that you're decisive and a leader and you want to take initiative. And um, yeah, I think those are the first two important things, right? So I go out this dude and he suggests this place in Third Ward in Houston, right? So I live in Uptown and so maybe that's like 20 minutes from me. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not really close, but okay. So I'm thinking, I don't know, it bothers me. (laughs) It bothers me, but I'm like, you know, whatever, we'll go to this place. So we go. And I'm talking to him, blah, 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 blah. And it turns out, oh, well, he lives around the corner. Of course you do. Of course you do. So I realized the, 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 the stars start aligning. They start connecting in my head. I'm connecting the dots. And I'm just like, oh, so you invited me out to a place that was closer to your house so then you could invite me over to your house afterwards. Why do guys do that? Why do they think why do they think that we want to come to their house first day? Why would you think that? That is so weird. Like I will I will rob you. <laughs> I will rob you. Why are you asking me to come to your house? And it's just I, I, I think a lot of men will say they don't mean anything by it, but to me it feels very predatory. Like it feels very predatory to be inviting women to your house that early on um, because there's a power dynamic when you invite someone into your home. And I don't know, it it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And um, I've noticed that like in dating and talking to people, like that seems to be a common theme that like men will invite you to their house and to me, like, even if it's like some dudes, they will, they won't ask you on a date. They'll ask you to their house. Like that to me, just outright disrespectful. But even like asking me to your house after the date is weird to me. Like I had another dude. I went out to girl, tell me why this guy, we went out on a date. It was nice because we went out nearby our house, right? It was just down the street. And then after we're eating, he's like, oh, well, do you want to go and walk by this pond? And I'm like, oh, sure. Like we can do, we can do that. Like walk and talk. Tell me why, (laughs) girl, tell me why the restaurant happens to be like next to his apartment. He then, we drive He's like, oh, well, it's right around the corner. Like, it's right there. So I'm like, okay. So he gets in my car. I didn't realize he walked because he his apartment was next door. So we drive. I realize the pond is at his apartment. And I'm just like, I'm feeling very bamboozled. Like, I'm just like, wait, I didn't, why, what? And it was fine. Like, it ended up being fine. But there was just something in me that was just like, this felt like you tried to trick me. <laughs> like you was trying to trick me into coming to your house. And I don't know. I just don't appreciate it. I feel like I'm honestly not one to give advice to men because I don't know what the hell's wrong with y'all. Um, and I think y'all need some good mentors. I don't know who you need to talk to about dating. I think that there is a, a real poverty of relationships positive relationships that people have to use as examples but I think that a lot of us need to do a lot of unlearning and relearning of how to interact with other people and how to properly get what we want like 
as a, as a cancer, right? As a, as a cancer, I know what manipulation is, right? I, I know how to get what I want. And I think <laughs> there's a right and a wrong way to manipulate someone into getting what you want. There's an ethical way to kind of encourage people to do the things that, that you want them to do for you. And then there's a way of tricking people into doing things that you want. And I think that um, this Valentine's Day, if you don't learn nothing else, let's learn how to be more honest and forthcoming with each other and treat one another. I'm talking men to women. (laughs) Please treat us well and treat us like humans and treat us with respect and like people and not like a conquest. That would be my my final words. (laughs) So anyway, um... I don't know. The last few dating experiences that I've had in Houston have been abysmal. And I'm taking it as a sign from God that it's time for me to go. Um, (laughs) And it's just, it's time for me to go. Um, These men are not for me. And maybe not men at all. Who knows? (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying learning. You know, I'm hoping that I can maybe get to a point where I stop learning things the hard way. But one can only hope. So that was really it. Those are really my thoughts. (laughs) And I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in to episode one. And I really want to thank you for sticking around all the way to the end of episode two. I am really trying to overcome my fear of judgment and rejection and continue to do this because I know it's something that I want to do, but so often that mean bitch in my head be telling me that I don't want to do things I want to do because other people might judge me for it. So if you also have a mean bitch in your head, tell her to shut up and tell her to let you live your life. And I hope that you feel encouraged this week to start something new, to go after someone new, to go on a date, to do something exciting that's going to make you feel a little bit more alive. Um, So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. And again, if you have any stories, would want any advice, have anything you want to share, I would love, love to hear your dating stories, good and bad. Please email them to girltellmewhypod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at girltellmewhypod on Instagram, or you can follow me at a handful with full with two, three L's. Um, and go ahead and report the person that has a handful with two L's because they're not using the account. <laughs> and it's just like, how dare you? Um, but thank you guys. I really appreciate you and I love you. And um, let's do good things together. I'll talk to you next week. Now, now